I just want to lift up a couple of people that I've heard uh, from this morning, and that is uh, Scott is not really feeling uh, all too well. He's been dealing with some um, uh, cold-like or flu-like symptoms, so, so let's pray for, for Scott and also for George. George uh, is also feeling uh, not up to par uh, this morning, and uh, we just uh, pray for him. I uh, thank uh, Wendy uh, for, for being here this morning. She was doing the Wendy part. Uh, <laughs> at least it says here in the program, Wendy is uh, speaking, but uh, Wendy couldn't make it because of, our, uh, of the snow down south. Uh, but also want to uh, continue prayers for Mary Ann. Uh, I believe that Mary Ann is home and uh, she's just dealing with now life at home <laughs> and uh, trying to do all the uh, uh, homework and still recuperating from her surgery. And of course we are grateful that Chuck is here. But do uh, you have any updates on Linda that you want to share, Chuck? Sure. You need a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I think most people in the class this morning heard it. Uh, first of all, she wanted to express her mercy said thanks for everybody in terms of prayers mm -hmm. and uh, calls and those kinds of things. She did have a stroke, mm -hmm. and in the process of recovering from that, she had a setback with some other complications, and that kind of re-traumatized her body. So she mm -hmm. she's uh, in a lot of physical therapy occupational therapy, trying to rebuild her ability to use the left side. Mm -hmm. Her spirits are good. And she's working hard, so I would say um, the thing to do would maybe send her texts. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's in and out of the room for the good. Right. She loves you and she appreciates mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. She's, at this, uh, she's at the hospital uh, San Anthony inpatient rehab. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you. Yes, uh, Ellen. Donna Bell called yesterday and is real sick and she needs her, she said. Okay. Anyone else that would like to share? Uh, yes. We can continue praying for Luann. Mm -hmm. She's still dealing with that autoimmune. Oh, okay. And there's times where she has breakouts and it's worse than others. And um, it is just hard for her to deal with not mm -hmm. being able to get out and social and come to church and all those things. Also, I'd like to mention uh, Jessica Woodruff, Robert's uh, um, your wife. She is dealing with shingles now yeah. uh, on top of her respiratory uh -huh. uh, issues. Um, she's still in oxygen and trying to recover from that and now she's dealing with the discomfort and painful um, condition called shingles. If we know it, uh, we know what what it is like. So, with her and her prayers, all right. Anyone else would like to r raise something uh, for a prayer? I guess me. Mm -hmm. Just um, I'm gonna call the doctor tomorrow because I'm having trouble with my leg still from that fall, and then my hand. <coughs> I'm losing mobility in my hand, mm -hmm. so I can't open things anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna go back and probably get an attorney and. Mm -hmm. um, seek help that way because I'm going to be I think something's torn in my leg and so just purge for that yeah. yeah. alright 
Well, no more. Let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer then. Uh, Father, we are just uh, happy, happy and grateful to be able to come to this place, even in with the weather conditions. And we are grateful, Father, for uh, your presence in this place. Thank you for uh, what you uh, mean to us, what your presence in our lives mean to us. And uh, we know that even uh, those who are at home, uh, they can feel that comfort and love of yours. Um, We pray, Father, for all the folks that we have mentioned today. We pray, Father, that your hand may be upon them. Uh, There are very serious conditions and, and situations out there that cannot be overlooked. And we pray that you may help us, not only because they're brothers, sisters, and friends, but because you love them, and you know what's best for them. So we ask, God, that you may cover them with your presence, with your peace, with your strength, and that they may be restored in your name. We pray these things. And also for those who are dealing with uh, conditions in their bodies, Lord, and situations, and whether it is at home or wherever, Lord, uh, we pray, God, that you may accompany them with your um, spirit and lead us on. As we uh, continue our service today, please, please, you speak to us. In Jesus, we pray these things. Amen Amen. and amen. All right, you may. Share the peace of Christ with each other. All right. Sorry. I'm late We were playing the trailer for about five minutes. I know. I'm like, what's happening to our world? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it was you. It's always her fault. It's never my fault. Ever. He's actually admitting fault. <laughs> what? Did you get the recorder? Breakthrough. The recording? Yeah. Yeah. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. How are you, sweetie? Tell your wife I love her and that we're appreciative. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. back to our seats. I know we're a small group, so let's stay close together this morning as we worship the Lord and just lift your hands and let's usher the Lord in. Come, now is the time to worship. Oh, 
this morning and I you know was praying and sometimes you know God talks to us and I was thinking you know even though we don't have a lot of Spanish speaking people in here we really need to start stretching our minds so I thought about adding just a little bit of Spanish in there here and there so we're going to do the chorus in Spanish and this song is called I Give You Glory and so the words are going to be on the screen and it's not very hard so I just want us to lift him up and it doesn't matter if he get it wrong just glorify the Lord
this morning. So just a little bit here and there, right? Because we can always learn something. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us here this morning, bringing us here safe. Our God, he's so awesome.
scripture and nothing's working because sometimes that happens right you can look up a scripture and you think this is supposed to be touching me right now but I feel nothing has that ever happened to anybody and sometimes all you can do is just say the name of Jesus and when you say that even if you can only utter that when you're in pain when you're scared when you're going through trying times Sometimes I just do that when I'm joyful and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I think there's no sweeter sound than that name. What a beautiful name that is.
I'll say that again. <laughs> what a powerful name it is. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The name of Jesus. Um, we don't use the name of Jesus just in vain for our own purposes, but we recognize the power that is behind that name because the glory of God is right 
with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now today we are um, just so free. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel so free this morning because I have all the time in the world to preach. <laughs> right? No one in this room this morning has to go home for anything. There's nothing waiting for us, right? Right. Nothing. I mean, there's no football. There's no hurry to go anywhere to go to lunch. There's nobody in the restaurants today. We have freedom. So today I have prepared the longest sermon that we will have this year. Amen. 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 Uh, no. <laughs> actually, uh, I, I, I actually uh, uh, wore the appropriate shirt, uh, shirt today. Um, Sermonator is my name. You'll be back. I'm just, I'm just playing with you, but uh, this, is, uh, this is a good time. I mean, the fact that you decided to uh, challenge the weather and come here today says something about uh, not all, uh, only our possibilities, but our desire to come and gather together and worship the Lord. Amen. So we are grateful. All right. Amen. Um, now, in recent years, we've had um, probably what I could call uh, a developing tension between the church and the culture. And the tension is not only between these two, but is also within these two. There's a tension within the church trying to figure out who we are in these new days. And the same thing happens with the culture out there. It's trying to come to grips with what's going on, who we are, how we're going to present ourselves with the world, and how, what it all means for us. And uh, uh, I think, and, and some... Uh, People that are way smarter than I am have written about this, that there's a, the church is in a period that can be labeled as uh, the time of the emerging church because it's not what it used to be. We're shifting into another era in time, and I'm talking about hundreds of years of cycles, and we're still trying to figure out what that means. Now the culture could also be described as not one thing nor the other. But in between. It's like we are trying to navigate the waters of Changes that have been taking place in the past, the changes that are currently going on, and what we're looking for in the future. It's not what it used to be. It's not the Enlightenment era, right? We're sort of past that. We went into the modern world, and now it's past the modern world. We are in the postmodern era, and guess what? 
That didn't last 20 years. We're looking forward to something else. It's not the same as in the 50s or the 60s. So there's tension. There's this tension. And we can feel it. The matters of the mind and the heart are becoming complex. More complex than ever before. And we see the effects in the conditions of society. With all the techno advance. The techno world that we live in. And has all these solutions that technology offers. People today are more isolated, more disconnected, more disoriented than ever. Now again, this is true in church. And it's true in society at large. Since the emerging, uh, emerging church is still shifting and the culture has really not settled where does one find solace and peace? Where is that place where you and I can go and be at ease within ourselves and with the outside world? Where is that place of peace? I mean, and how do you get there? Perhaps these are not the questions that you think about every day. But if you step back from our world and step back from our own lives and try to look at society, look at politics, look at what's going on in our communities, this is sort of the feeling. We're not settled. Now this Gospel of John may be helpful. Yes, and this ancient text may have something valuable to consider uh, for, for us to consider in our life. We'll read chapter 1 and starting on verse 16. John 1 verse 16 we'll read through 19. And it says From his fullness we have all received grace Upon grace, the law indeed was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. Sometimes we act as we have. <laughs> it is God, the only Son. Who is close to the Father's heart. Who has made him known. Now this is the testimony given by John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. Who are you? Let's, let's pray. Father we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your inspiration your motivation for us to gather ourselves and brave the elements the weather to be in this place we thank you we also thank you Lord because of what you are teaching us 
We thank you for the work you're doing in our hearts, in our minds, in the depths of our souls. And I pray, Lord, that you have freedom to work within us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, uh, last week we were working with a passage that, um, if you remember, is the calling of the disciples. When they were being called from being fishermen to fish for people. Remember? Remember that? Now, we mentioned how we were invited ourselves into relationships as we follow Christ because those relationships lead to transformation in our lives and we revisited the definition offered by Rhonda of what a calling was it's allowing our lives our daily lives to become allowing our daily life to become so there's uh, permission, right? That is required from within ourselves to engage in what Jesus has for us. So we reviewed also the mission trip we did to Puerto Rico and how those uh, attending there uh, uh, experienced a, a, a connected transformation while we were there. I don't think that we became anything else than who we are, but we saw things, right, David? We saw things, we engaged with a community, and uh, not only a community in Puerto Rico, but a community different from ours here in this place, of people from all different places. And we saw how God changed our lives. As we were exposed to all these differences, God was working in us. But it is safe to say that the world that we are invited into is scary sometimes. Hello? Right? I don't think that I'm overstating that. We're invited to partake, right? We're invited to go out. But it is scary. With so much uncertainty insecurity, instability, that the risking of exposing ourselves is sometimes not even sensible. Who would, who would dare to get into the dark places just to show the light of Christ? <laughs> right? That statement alone can tell us dark places, right? It's not a comfortable place to be. But it doesn't, or it doesn't mean that it means it means that it needs to be dark as dark black. Sometimes the dark places are lighted. Sometimes the dark places are in the daytime. So, I mean, how do we work with that? How do we reach, teach, serve under the difficulties of society over 
the difficulty of an emerging church, an ever-changing culture, and even sometimes scary world, this scary world that we live in. The introduction to Jesus in the first chapter, I hope, in this first chapter of John, is a highly theological segment of scripture pointing to the beginning word, right? The logos. Uh, for those who uh, like to have different words in Greek and other languages. Logos. Action. And how that word became flesh and lived among us. Now, if, if you just think about that statement alone, you could spend years, right? Just figuring out what it all means and how does that happen in the reality that we, that we share, that we face. The Word became flesh and lived among us. And John in... A highly, highly concentrated doses. <laughs> he dispenses what I believe is the antidote to what we feel as we engage with the world. A world that is in flux and religious shifts that we don't yet understand. This is what John says. From his fullness we have all received what? Grace. Grace. Grace? Upon? Grace. Grace. From what? From his fullness. I wish I could take the time and I was I was I was I was so happy again this morning because I was gonna have more time, but I'm not going to really do that to you. But I wish that we really had the time to dig into just that statement alone. And think about God's fullness. And God providing from that fullness. We have all received grace upon grace. Now, again, I could, I, I wish I could spell what it means. It's, it seems like a simple passage, right? It's such a straightforward sentence that you can read it and go right through it and don't even stop and consider the meaning behind these words. But there are volumes of books that have been written. Volumes. And still, you can't really reach the fullness right. of what it all means to us. So I will not bore you with the seminar on the fullness of God's grace. <laughs> I will not get into that right now. Because I truly believe that it's not a matter of explanation. 
is not a matter of explaining what this means. It is rather a matter of experiencing it for ourselves. You can be talking left and right about God's Grace, but unless you have experienced God's grace in its fullness, filling you up, you cannot really understand what that means. Perhaps the invitation of Jesus to the disciples to follow him, to learn to fish for people is an invitation to us as well to see Jesus dispending that grace upon grace. To engage with Jesus as he functions in that matter with other folks so that we can learn what it means for us and for the world around us. Now, this is John, okay? This is John attempting to explain it to those who come to him, right? Because you know that those who were inquiring at the last uh, verse, we, we heard it. It says, the Jews have sent priests and Levites to ask, who are you? Right? Right. That is said at the end, but it's the, what really sets up what is being said before. It says, who in the world are you? And the, and the answer comes to them. The law, indeed, was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And we got to have some microphones up here prompting. Oh, I see. Now we're going to have to have some lights. Now I said, like, now, right? <laughs> now. The law indeed. Now, imagine this. It is Levites, right? It is priests, right? Coming to John to say, who in the world are you? What are you doing? And this answer from John is that they have something that came from Moses, but now grace and truth. Come through Jesus Christ. Now, it sounds simple. But it's so complex and deep. The law, I mean, there are five books of scripture given to the Jews. This is what God represents. This is how to relate. And they took those books and they made them into their own rules, right? And that's exactly what we do, don't we? We take those words and we try to interpret them and we try to figure out what is God trying to say to us and for us and how is it that we are supposed to relate to this God. And guess what? We come up with all kinds of rules. We come up with all kinds of ways to interpret what that means. And these Levites, these priests, come to John with all that stuff 
hundreds of years of development. And they come here and say, who in the world are you? And he says, you see all that you represent? All that you represent is being presented with grace and truth. You follow that with verse 18 and then you have theology. Right? No one has seen God. No one has seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's here, who has made him known. It is the Son that has made him known. Amen. Thank you, Rhonda. Now you know that I like mathematical, uh, mathematical equations. Well, I used to, but uh, this is what, 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 what I read here, what it says to me. Learn from what grace we received, which equals knowing God. Again. I know I had to repeat it. Learn from what grace we received, which equals Knowing God. Amen. Learn from what grace we receive. That is past tense. Who's working on receiving grace? Okay. Stop. He has brought it for us see this is the thing we don't get it's like grace is something that we're going to earn that somehow we will facilitate that process but the one that has brought it already did hello right yeah. hmm. the law teaches of this God from afar. But Jesus is the one God. Amen. <laughs> I, I, I mean, did, did you hear what that meant? Did you hear that? The law, right? We know this. We study this. We go to the Ancient Testament, not the old one, right? right? The First Testament. We go there. And we read these things. And we say, oh man, this God, look at all the stuff that He commanded us. But then we forget that Jesus has come. And what Jesus has brought to us is God. Amen. God. Present. Showing us the light. In other words, grace equals Jesus. Amen. Grace equals Jesus. If you have Jesus, then you have what? Grace. Hello? 
Grace. If you have Jesus, then you have what? Grace. What does that mean? What are you trying to do? What does it mean to come to church? What does it mean to practice this religion we call Christianity? You see this God from afar, right? The Old Testament God. This God from afar would have requirements so that relationship was satisfactory. And then human beings take that and make it into traditions. Right? We make that into practices. And then we lift them up and say, if you do not stand behind the pulpit to preach, then that's not preaching. We say, if you do not have an altar, then that is not holy. You see what I'm saying? We take those things and then we impose ourselves the meaning. And we lift that up as this is the highest thing ever. And we forget about Jesus. Just because assumptions are made. Right? When we read scripture, and Rhonda is very well aware of this now. Right? We read scripture with all this background of junk that we carry because of our life experience. And we come to scripture and we pour all of that stuff in it. But these assumptions that we make lead us astray. So this is what God had to do. Just to clarify matters, God sent himself in Jesus Christ to set the record straight. Amen. Thank you, Ed. God sent himself so that us we, you, I could see him clearly. Now this is what Thomas Beast later, a professor, um, asks. Please pay attention because this is a little long, but I think it's not that difficult if we pay attention. He states, What does it mean today for Christians to say that the word has become flesh? I think that's a sober question, right? What does it mean for Christians? Note that, not for everybody outside, but for us who are followers of Christ, to say the word has become flesh. And he continues, I believe that it means that the Christian church must become more ethical and less theological. 
Now, the statement rings today as it rang way back with those Levites that came to ask the question about John and who in the world he was. Jesus did not require a theological degree as a prerequisite to follow him. Did he? Nope. Today we have prerequisites for everything. If you want to have a high school degree, right? You got to have what? Prerequisites. Yeah. I mean, you got to have certain standards, right, that you meet. Whether it's elementary school, whether it's junior high, or... Uh, right? You need something so that you can get. But Jesus did not require that from those who he called. Rather, he just asked us to accept an invitation. Right? He asked us to say yes to an invitation and the invitation is to live among people and learn from Jesus so he shows us grace he shows us truth what are we to do what is our role then learn from it <laughs> learn from it so this professor continues Right? Learning usually leads to practice, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Remember our orthodoxy, orthopraxy, you know what that means, right? The right belief leads to the right action, the right practice. So he continues, he says, Often the Christian who regularly attests to God's love expressed to him or her as divine grace is the last person to demonstrate love. Often the Christian who regularly attests to God's love expressed to him or her as divine grace is the last person to demonstrate love. Mm -hmm. They act as if being saved exempts them from being more like Christ. They act as if doctrinal knowledge excuses them from the ethical behavior that comes with the doctrine. And he continues and concludes, The church needs members who truly understand what the word grace means. It does not connote that once saved, one can then look down one's nose at non-Christians. Yes, it preaches. But it sounds judgmental, don't we? <laughs> Doesn't it sound uh, judgy? Pretty hard. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like, wait a minute, we're in the postmodern world, why are you judging now, right? Why are you judging? I guess that the thing here is that we forget what the word grace means. And I think that the point is that he is making is that we ought not to forget grace because love cannot be practiced without understanding that word. Amen. 
Now, how, how will we understand what grace means? <laughs> now, here's a person that you know already who's convinced that understanding is overrated, right? You know, I've said that before. Understanding is overrated. And here's this person who says that, who's asking the question, how in the world do we understand grace then? How can you understand grace when it's illogical? Because grace does not make sense. Grace says, you don't deserve it. But you get it. Grace says, you deserve the worst. But you get the best. Amen. Is that logical? No. How can you understand that? I don't think that there's any way to get that. Because our brains are not wired that way. Oh great, I have another two hours. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up, people. I have a theory, and I will conclude with this. My theory is that we see grace with the wrong perspective. The reason why we do not understand grace is because of our position. The answer to that question of how in the world will we understand grace and what it means the answer is discovery the answer is not just a journey of discovery but discovery of what right because if we're going to get at something we need to know what that is and I think that the discovery is not necessarily who God is. Jesus has shown himself. He's there. But the discovery is who we are in God's light. You follow me? Yes. Okay, I didn't hear any amen, so that's okay. But I think that the effort, we, you, we, because we've, we've tried this, right? Again, you walk into my office, there's books, right? You go to the library, there's books, left and right. And there's many, many more written. And we attack those books thinking that we're going to understand God. Amen. The problem is that we're trying to understand God, but we're not trying to understand who we are in the light of God. Amen. And we see ourselves distorted because of our own lenses. Hello? Hello. 
We see our essence as screwed up because we're bringing all this junk on the fourth. And we need to be setting that back. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm... I'm I'm going to be done. Uh, but I, I want to encourage you with something. If I may, for those who are here present and for those who will hear this sermon uh, uh, remotely through the week, maybe that will be two persons. That's okay. But for us who are present, I would like for us to do this. I would like for us to sit with the first chapter of John. Right? You know what I mean by that? You, you know what that, what that means? To sit with the first chapter of John? There's, there's a practice called Lectio Divina, right? And it's the practice of reading a piece of text over and over that anything else interrupts us and pray through it sit with the first chapter of John and pray through it this is my invitation to you Amen. to ask God to show you more not of who God is hello not of who God is but of who I am Amen. In the eyes of God. That's right. You with me? Yes. Amen. You get that assignment? I don't see anybody writing down except for Ellen. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. It's in your heart, and that's good. The first chapter of John. Just sit with it. Forget. Forget about the elections for twenty minutes. That's hard for me to do. But take the chapter of John, the first one, and read it. And read it again. And read it again. Asking God throughout that reading to show you who you are to Him. And we'll pick it up next week. We'll pick it up with a different take. With a different gospel author. And see what God shows us. And perhaps we'll see where the hope for this world is. The hope for a world that is in between cultures and in between church or religious expression or existence. And a world that is scary for us to face alone. In the process, we may be transformed. And again, I, this is my prayer. That we may be transformed. I truly believe, and this is uh, not part of my notes or my manuscript. I truly believe that the reason that the world cannot see God is because they cannot see God in us. If they see God in you, they will be convinced 
that God is alive. Amen. If they see God in me, <laughs> then they say, maybe I want to go to this church. Maybe I want to see what that person is experiencing in their lives. There's something there. And that should be the challenge for us. That should be the challenge for the church. That the world may see. Right? That the world may know. And how does that happen? You guys who are really theologically trained. How did that happen? If we, what? If, if we, the scripture, no, 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 scripture, come on, come on. Those who are trained in scripture here that have been coming to church for, for so long. Who said, if you, what, one another, what? Ah. If you, what? No. Then, the world may know. Yikes. All right. That's enough for today. Is that enough? <laughs> I got way more. But, but, but I'm going to leave it there. For us to think, I mean, again, please, please, take that chapter of John. Take it and read it. Over and over and over and over. Every day this week. Over and over. Asking God. Tell me about myself. Let's pray. Father, we've come to this place, Lord, for different motivations, different reasons, different places, and different uh, expectations, and different things in our minds, but we encounter you. And we face ourselves looking at your word. And sometimes we, we're challenged with it. We don't know what to make of it. I pray, Lord, that again you may show us. You impart from on high what you have tried to do with your son. So that we can see ourselves in a different light. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. We're going to sing a different version of Amazing Grace. If you want to stand, you're more than welcome to. If not, you're more than welcome to sit as well.
an old story, sent a token of his love to his betrothed. But when it was received, it proved to be an iron egg. With disappointment and anger, the princess threw it down. In time, however, her curiosity caused her to examine it closely. Quite by accident, her hand touched a secret spring that caused the outer case to open, revealing 
an egg of brass. Seeking further, she found another secret spring that revealed an egg of silver, which, when opened, disclosed an egg of gold. When the secret of this was found, it proved to contain a magnificent diamond of rare beauty. And reading a quote from, from Stewardship in the Bible, this is true also of stewardship to the uninitiated and the beginner. It may at least appear uninteresting. It touches many people where it hurts. <coughs> stewardship. However, as we work at it, study it, and get into it, we discover a treasure of such value it will never be let go. Let us receive our tithes and offerings. Thank you for bringing us here together today. We thank you for these offerings. We ask you to bless the giver and bless the gift. It's in your most precious name we pray. Amen. As we uh, were practicing uh, yesterday, <laughs> yes. she laughs. We 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 were we were going over this song and. Uh, I offered an alternate version. <laughs> I can play it. You know, <laughs> um, this alternate version is just a tad different, and it has a different tempo. I can play it. And it goes like. Jesus Christ, His Son, and now let the weak say I am strong. Let the Lord say I am rich, 
because of what the Lord has done for us. Oh, give thanks, oh, give thanks, give thanks. Good. <laughs> now, I, 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 I offer this not as a joke. I offer this and as, ex as an expression of how we can change our posture. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, why are we so somber about the best gift ever? Yes. And about expressing appreciation. And when we look at communion, sometimes that's what we, it's in our minds. Oh, this is such a holy moment that we reduce that to somberness. How can me, right, a wretched one, come to the table of the Holy One? To me, it's simple. It's not because of me. It's because of who is inviting me. Hello? Yes. Right? Right? Who's inviting me to the table? Who's the one that is saying to us, come, come, come and enjoy what I have provided for you? Eat. Eat and drink of what I have brought for you. Poor Jesus, we say. He died on the cross. I'm, I'm going to stop it in a second. But I'm free today, so. I mean, don't we say that sometimes? Even, or at least we act as if. That's what we're saying. And I like to propose a different way. I'll call it the salsa way. <laughs> Put some of that salsa, that fire, that real spirit-led joy into what we do. Because this is the most amazing thing that has happened through the history of the world. And it's for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you joyful, joyful, full of pizzazz, full of thanksgiving. We ask you to help us to be that way in our walk and in our talk. Transform us to be what Jesus wants us to be. And from what John says, from the fullness of his grace, we have received grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing. This week, help us to not necessarily discover who God is, but who we are in God's light. And let us do it with a joyful spirit, a joyful heart. It's in your name we pray. Break, break.
drink wine together on our knees. Let us drink wine together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Let us praise God together. this place to remember. We come to the table to remember this one who has provided all the joy we need. And we remember that Jesus took bread and said to his disciples, this is my body given broken to you for you we also remember that he took the cup at the end of that dinner and he praised it and said blessed be this cup because this is my blood which is shed for all of your sins I know you know this one, so we're just going to clap along and we're going to lift the roof today. For the Lord, I saw the light. One day, so hate that. 
Everyone, would you just sit down for a few moments and stay up here, please? Hey, everybody, there's somebody, hey, uh, there's somebody in the lobby that is having a lot of issues, and he needs prayer, Reuben said, and Reuben is down there with him, and he asked that we stay up here and be praying for this man. Okay. He's having a lot of issues.
and you just have so many blessings to be thankful for. And I know that this man was very uncomfortable, very cold, and, 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 and very lost in, in the world out here today, Lord. So we pray for him, we pray for the gentleman downstairs, and we pray with thankfulness and gratitude in our hearts for those of us that have at least our basic needs covered. And thank you so much. Two or more of us are gathered together in his name. That's right. <laughs> 